everybody, and welcome back to the 40th ever episode, the Sean Kemp edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlantune, and we've got some special guests here, Coach Joe Bates from Skyline and Coach Manning Tarango from Vacaville Christian. I could have said Harrison Barnes, but I went deader than a guy that hit one shot in the 2016 <laughs> NBA Finals, and I went for Sean Kemp. But anyway, guys, how are you guys doing today, coaches? Go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. You got it. Oh man, fantastic! Doing great. I'm excited to be here. Got some uh, the legend Joe Bates. Excited to uh, to talk with him and and you guys, man. So thank you for inviting us. Right on, and hey, likewise, man. I'm I'm just honored. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys continuing to support not only me but the whole Bay Area and um, you know highlight our our student athletes, man. I'm I'm feeling okay, um, hopeful, but uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Pleasure to have you guys on. Thank you again for coming on and helping us out on this journey to bring more coverage to Bay Area high school sports. And I guess the first question we got for you guys is what goes into building a culture and a sustainable and successful culture within a high school sports program? Mm. Um, I guess I can jump into it. Um, so I, 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 sorry to stutter, but I, I have a system, I have a formula into building, I couldn't really imagine jumping into De La Salle as a head coach. I couldn't imagine jumping into Sarah or some of the programs that's already established. I've had experience um, from community college on through university, um, rebuilding programs. Um, Skyline, of course, we were already a power. I kind of just jumped into a winning system. So when I go into a, a, a building culture, um, building the standards. Um, I utilize some tools that I learned from from all three levels. Um, you know, um, of course, having a, adjusted a little bit to the inner city kids. Um, there's differences there, obviously. That some things we may have to worry about that others may not, and vice versa. Um, but to begin with, man, um, building the culture, man, it takes a lot, especially at a school like Skyline or you know, any school, but Skyline in particular, man, um, coming in um, from my first year, um, after they went one and 10 the year before, um, they, I had to strip everything. So initially what we did, I had to find a staff. I had to search for a staff before I knew, even knew I had to, I had the job. I had to bring in some guys with me that I knew could help me um, bring the program back to where it should be. Um, so that was first and foremost got the job second task for me in particular was uh to have a signups um football signups not a typical sign up I, I got a dj out there um i had candy i had all kind of stuff um just to kind of lure people in um get them kind of excited had about 80 kids which was crazy for skyline because usually you only get 30 40 signups so that was a that was a success check um the next step was to set that first meeting um during that after the grade check so once i got that list get the grade checks all ironed out figure out who's what and what's who and and where they're at academically from that grade some of them had 0.1 <laughs> some had 4.0 so it was a, it was a widespread of student athletes so that first meeting was important man just marketing it making sure they knew where it was when it was and, and putting it over the intercom and stuff like that once you had that room full of kids that's when it's game time that's when it's that's when you set that culture in my eyes and my experience and, and what's worked for me. Um, so just stripping them, man. I, I strip them for me. I don't care if you had a perfect three-point stance, it was wrong. 
All right, so like we, we go through the basic, basic fundamentals and really just reframe their brains on how we want it to be. Like I, I'm talking about, so we had the names down on the sign-up sheet. We went through their social medias if we can find them. If it's any negativity on there, we stand them up and strip them from that immediately. Just going down the line, social media, classroom behaviors. If we heard, I will send it to the principals and counselors. Hey, you got anything on these kids? Um, so if I'm getting any of that type of stuff, man, communication, walking in the room, looking in the eyes, check, standing at the door before they walk in and greeting each and every one of them, um, looking them in the eyes, asking for their names, repeating the names, um, just that, that alone helps out. Um, and just putting different things out there, um, attendance and effort, um, you know, all of that, just emphasizing, 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 setting your standards. Um, coming in, we have to have a, a, a code of conduct. Um, so if I can, I, if I don't have it printed out on this pretty thing, like I got now, I would write it on a whiteboard or something like that. The code of conduct, get them all to take a picture. Then I go down it, uh, go down the line. Um, you know, and I got all this from Ohio state, uh, Oklahoma state. Um, at the time it was Toledo. Now it's at Iowa state. Um, all of these things are kind of spread around. It's a formula. Like I say, urban Meyer kind of spilled it on my coaching staff that went over from Mount union um to to bowling green and all of these these schools and they kind of came up with it so i just pushed that type of deal man just setting that standard setting the expectations um setting them high so once i go through the the knit the uh the, the kind of telling them that this is wrong this is not how we do it it's not a winning mentality this is losing mentality then i hit the excitement boom this is if you guys can buy into this this is what you'll get in return all right so then i get the we got new helmets coming or we got new uh, paint coming on the helmet. We got a new locker room or we got a new jersey coming. We got a Jer Jordan sign on the jersey. We got music coming at practice. So once I beat them down and break them down and let them know, damn, like what we did last year was terrible. Then I say, boom, all right, if y'all buy into this new way, this new style, then this is what, this is the, the benefits you'll get. This is the, the prizes that have come along with it. And, um, you know, to kind of shorten it up or, or to wrap mine up, because I know I'm talking a lot, but um, the relationship component is huge. So to build the culture, um, that's kind of the first step. But the, the second and probably one of the most important steps is um, the bonding and relationship building. I have a pyramid of, uh, of uh, youth development. At the bottom is um, sorry, I got one of my students calling. Um, at the bottom is the, the biggest portion is relationship building. So you build that relationship. The, the middle is, uh, I got one of my alumni, Weber State, blowing me over now. Uh, the middle is a uh, program, quality programming. And then the top and smallest part is, uh, is success, just enjoying success. So that relationship portion is, is, is essential because once you build that, they'll run through a wall for you and then you, you can um, celebrate the success together. Um, but bonding, camping trips, check-ins, birthdays, we have to acknowledge all of that. The kid on the kid on the team that's least talented, you have to treat them almost like they're the most important kid because they'll all look and see that. Like, damn, coach is not biased. He's not grabbing that star player and showing favoritism. So we're wrapping around everybody. Uh, birthdays, shout out here in the group chat. This birthday, everybody wish them a happy. All of that from the coaches on down. They're watching how we communicate with the coaches. They're watching everything. So that's building a culture for me. Um, some of the fundamentals for me personally, how I would, how I kind of go about getting a program from, from ashy to classy, they say. Um, I got that from the 707 over there where Coach T is at, man, um, ashy to classy. So um, some of the fundamental things that I do to start the culture, man, excitement, energy, 
uh, uh, on time is the expectation. Five on time is uh, we call it Titan time. It's five minutes early. So just all of that type of stuff, man. It's 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 huge. Yeah, I I, I agree with absolutely everything that Joe said. Is is definitely <clears throat> number one, number two, number three um, of trying to build a culture, and I think. In my opinion, and I know Joe would agree with this, the, the relationship portion is probably the most important thing um, for me. And it's kind of always been, uh, I know this is going to sound terrible, but it's, it's kind of always been a, a knock. I think myself and my staff have taken because there there's different mentalities of coaching, right? Everybody's experienced it from a player perspective, uh, from a coach's perspective, and, and as a, an administrator, you want to be able to set the standard or you want to be able to set the tone of I'm the adult, I'm in charge, listen, do it my kind of way. There, there's a hierarchy to it and that's okay. That's fine and dandy. I know there's people and programs that are very successful with I'm in charge. You're going to do it this way and, and you need to, you know, row the boat, jump on board, kind of quote PJ Fleck. But um, for us, it's been more of, like Joe said, you're a person and I'm going to respect you and I'm going to give you, you know, we're going to have a, a Manny to John uh, relationship because in the real world, as they get older and as we teach these kids, you know, you want to have a relationship to make sure that you can relate to every single person that comes in contact with you. And if you show people respect, um, you're going to gain that respect back into turn and never to, you know, try to put yourself on such a pedestal that you want to look down at people and people, uh, you know, kind of get that feeling that, um, you know, you're above them or whatnot. We try to keep everything level key. So I've taken a lot of, I guess, knocks because we, we build such a, a tight relationship almost to that point where we can get to a first name basis. But with the understanding that at the end of the day, yes, I'm your coach or that you're the player or whatnot, but, but we're here to help you. And, and we've, we're a human, you know, that is just like you and, and we're not any spec, we're not special. We're not different than you. Um, we're just here to guide you because you know, we've got a couple more stripes. We got a little bit more life experience for you. And so with that being said, for, for me over the years now, as I've gotten older and starting to work with different kids and different environments, just cause Joe said it, it's different. You know what I mean? Uh, his environment is probably significantly different than mine, but we can find some similarities. And so the, for the first thing, us coming in to to Vacaville Christian was that trying to set the culture and getting them to understand that culture is is implementing a behavior and and that behavior is what's going to win and <clears throat> we had to completely reshape that um, the military is very similar to that so it was it's normal and easy for me to understand and the majority of my coaches being military or ex-military or growing up in a military environment um, but coming in and saying, this is what right looks like. And then also being able to give them examples of guys that trusted the process and, and listened to, to coach and listen to the other coaches, uh, bringing in ex players um, that they look up to and for them to hear it from their peers or guys that were just in their shoes saying, Hey man, I, this was tough for me uh, when I played under coach T or coach Pat or, or this staff. Um, but look at where I'm at now and getting them to go, oh, wow, 
this is somebody I respect, this is somebody I've seen on social media, or this is somebody I know in the local area, you know, in the Vacaville, Fairfield um, area, and these guys did it, and they've trusted the process, and look at where they're at now. And so, for uh, again, for us, demonstrating the behavior as a model, you know, um, and getting them to understand, like, this is how I carry myself, this isn't something that I'm just preaching or that I read off the box of a, uh, the back of a, a box of cereal. Um, this is implemented scientific proven facts of how every program is run and what it takes to be successful. And so um, for those younger guys that 2018, it was, it was just that this is what right looks like. Like Joe said, this is the standard. This is the culture that we want to create. Um, that is not only going to bring you wins on the football field, but is going to bring you wins in life. And so um, a lot of that came from just studying in the off season uh, or the urban Meyer, the urban Meyer way, the Ohio state way um, of that. Like I've always talked about that E plus R equals O and the one to know mindset. You know, we see it all over um, our mentors, uh, the, the college coaches and all the really successful coaches that have been in the game. And you kind of take little pieces of what those guys have done. Nick Saban. I know a lot of folks, you know, listen and, and read what he has to say um, because it, it works. And um, one thing that I've learned along the way is, yeah, you can have a great offensive coordinator. You can have a great defensive coordinator, special teams, whatever. But what made those guys successful is what we're talking about right now is developing and implementing a culture. Um, and I think it starts with the relationships, stripping away everything that they've ever thought was right um, and teaching them, and demonstrating to them, uh, this is what it takes to, to be elite. Um, and that's, that's pretty much what, what we focused on is building that relationships and getting them to understand this is what it takes to be successful. And this is going to be kind of a two part question. Cause you kind of touched on it. Both of you did, but how did you get the buy-in from the start and how difficult is it to get that buy-in right away? Um, I think it was, I mean, that skyline for me, it was a little easier because one, I'm alumni. Um, two, I got to a level that uh, many got in the past, but in the, at that time weren't able to achieve, which is play division one ball. Um, I, we have this big wall at skyline with all the college players from the 1960s all the way through to, to today. Um, and to have a head coach that's on that wall, was something they never had. Um, so the buy-in was like, hmm, okay, we got this guy that played D1 ball. He's an alumni. He has a, a decent name in the neighborhoods and in the, in the, in the schools. So um, let's give him a shot. I, I feel like that's what it kind of was. And, and I think Coach Beam told me that, um, uh, you know, um, you, you got something that they want. You experience something that they never experienced, but they're trying to experience. So um, I had some information for them that they, you know, that, that was direct. They can come directly to me to see how, you know, see what the process was all about. So the buy-in was there. I had eyes. I had big googly eyes staring at me at all times, like, well, what's next? Or what, what are we doing? What are we doing? So they trusted it. Um, but at the same time, it was, they bought into me. I wanted them to buy into my coaches. I want them to buy into one another. Um, so that's why I feel like the camping trips and we had to bring back the traditions, you know, Skyline got away from the power run game. That was kind of what we were popular or, or um, that's what we were known for the power run game, the trap, um, you know what I mean? Second level block, all that type of stuff. So um, brought some of that back, 
brought the reels back, man. We started singing them chants on Sports Focus that we were singing. You know what I mean? We brought that back. That wasn't part. So they start feeling that family feel again. You know what I mean? And that culture start getting richer and richer. I, I want kids to be able to come back and stand on the sideline and be like, oh, I remember we did that. I remember we, yep, I remember we used to do that. Like, I want that feeling for our alumni to come back and be like, hey, this is part of the culture, man. Are y'all still doing this? I had alumni from the 70s telling me, Coach Fardella, really, I got to give a shout out. Coach Fardella is Skyline football. Coach Tony Fardella is Skyline football, period. All right, Coach Beam came and he got the, you know, the newspapers and the, most of us are, Farde are Beams, like his highlight, we kind of seen that. But Coach Tony Fardella had undefeated season after undefeated season after undefeated season. Beam took it and ran with it. All right, he's a great coach, did his thing, but legend, period, Beam is. But Fardella said it. But Fardella's group, they support me more than Beam's group. Beam's group's kind of biased. Man, y'all not winning championships, Silver Bowls, man. I'm going to come back when y'all start winning. That's cool because we will get it. And when you come back, you have to <laughs> wait outside the line, pay to get in. But uh, Fardella's group, they don't care. They're like, hey. We used to win championship at the Chan 11 in those seasons. Um, but I want to help you get back. So they came and gave me the game a little bit like, hey, we used to run to the fence and touch the sign. We called it Ogo or something like that. So, hey, what are we doing now? We're doing that through those traditions. Um, so they bought into that, man. And it's been working, man. It's been working the rituals, the buy-in and all that type of stuff. And really pretty much um, it's been a smooth process for me to, to get the buy-in. Then when I left, they, they, they lost some big games uh, the year I was going to Florida. Um, so when I came back, they knew how I got down. They knew the fun. They knew the excitement. They knew that we had a winning mentality. So the buy-in was hella quick. It was quicker my second year. When I came back last year in 19, um, man, I had the buy-in. They had signs around the campus, newspapers dropping pages. But I'm, I felt kind of bad because <laughs> I didn't want that attention. But the buy-in was there. They, they trusted me. They, they trusted me. So I, I, I respect it. Yeah, buying is huge, um, especially when you're dealing with young people. Um, they are quick to call you out on the uh, the BS, right? And uh, why do I got to buy what you're selling? Um, that doesn't make sense to me. I've never done it like that in the past. So, you know, forget you. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it the way I've always done it. And so trying to get them to, to understand um, this is what coach did to be successful. Um, and that for us started with sitting down and getting them to understand that there are so many different ways to play football. There are so many different ways to be successful, but until you know where you came from, you're really not going to know where you're going. And so we had to sit down and explain to them, look, you lost a program in our experience, right? Vacaville Christian lost their football program. They didn't have anything for going for three years. Well, why is that? Why do you lose something? I think we're starting to see that in today's culture, right, with the, with the COVID-19 pandemic, that those really strong, um, fundamentally sound corporations and business, um, those ones that have a, um, a tight-knit family uh, environment, those are the ones that are still are, are alive and well. But we've also seen a lot of companies, we've also seen a lot of programs that are falling apart. I mean, and, and how does that happen and why? Because there was something, there was something internally that just couldn't hold everything together as everything started crumbling. And so going back and explaining that we weren't here those three years prior 2015 as to why the, why the, the school and the program fell apart. So let's go back and historically look as, you know, what did those, what, what did Vacaville Christian have 
that made them unique and and why did it leave and let's try to figure out what it's going to take to get it back to that prominence and so <clears throat> a lot of the kids didn't know that the last time the there was a section champion or a three-time league champion at Vacaville Christian was wasn't you know since 2006 2007 2008 and so here we are in 2018 in our first season and explaining that to them and I'm like they're, they look at the banners on the wall in the basketball gym and they're like, well, well, why is that? And I said, okay, well, here's, here's the best thing about it. It doesn't matter anymore why that happened or how it happened. But what we can do now is we can shape the future and getting them to understand that you have in the power of your hands, the ability to change and create a legacy. And that for me has always been such a motivating factor from growing up as a kid, I got a tremendous amount of pride from my, from my dad and my mom um, of you only have your last name. At the end of the day, you're only going to have what your last name represents and the character that, that comes with that. And so when people say your last name, when you're gone, you want it to mean something. And so I kind of took that approach and said, when, when people say the 2018 through you know 2022 uh, class, Bryce Pasdale, David Martinez, Zach Mercado, uh, Jerron Leakes, Kendall Allen. What what does that mean? What does that mean when you leave here? Or is it just going to be another you know number on the wall? And so once I put it into that perspective of saying this isn't Coach T, T's to own. You know this is you, and you have the ability to shape and get people to go. Those guys were were the you know the the trailblazers. And getting them, I think that for me was the buy-in of we can really make historical moves here. And I, at the in the very bottom level, have the capability and have an, a significant impact in laying a brick to this wall that we're trying to build. And then again, you know, the kids, they all talk and they get on the social media and they do their research on you, just like Coach Bates said, you do your research on them going through their social medias and and their backgrounds and stuff like that and talking to their friends and they go, Hey, you know, everywhere these guys have been from the youth coaching, um, to coaching over at Vanden. Um, and then having all those kids that we coach that are, you know, playing at the next level or in the league, uh, they're saying, Hey, everywhere we've gone and everything that we've done, it doesn't matter what color Jersey we were wearing. doesn't matter what school we were at. doesn't matter what level of program we're at. Everything that we did, we took the basics, fundamental, or attack of, of trying to be successful and we've won and we've won on the football field and we've won in the classroom and we've won in life. And once they understood that and saw that, Hey, this is something that I can get on board. These guys aren't selling me, you know, fluff. It's, it's the real deal. I have an opportunity to do, to put my name in stone in that foundation of what we're trying to build. And then the buy-in went from there. Um, and then, you know, when the wins came, you know, you start getting that little, you start puffing up your chest a little bit, you know, you start seeing the muscle grow and, and uh, those guys just started getting excited. And then that's when it shifted of, we've got the buy-in now, how are we going to sustain that? And the next part was trying to create that brotherhood of trust, which uh, Urban Myers talked about a lot is getting those kids to understand that you can love your brother and still hold them to a high standard. And now that's where we're at is those guys buying into the fact of I'm not doing this because it's going to make me better. We are in the weight room. We are working out. We are meeting on zoom. 
we are doing the extra stuff like at the park on the, you know, when the COVID thing hit, because it's going to, what, what I do and the work I put in for the culture of our program is going to benefit the guy right next to me and the guys coming behind me. And now you have those freshmen and those sophomores that are there with our juniors and seniors saying, these guys paved the way for us. These guys are giving me everything back. So I owe them that same respect and they've paved the way I want to kind of create and carry on that torch. And so now you got those soft, that freshman and sophomore group and that junior and senior group, they're working together and saying, Hey, I need you. You need me. Let's do it for, for each other. And so every day that we break out, it's always family on me, family on three. That's it. And so we got the buy-in of leaving a legacy, imprinting your, 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 your legacy in that foundation. And then now we're doing it for the, for the brotherhood of trust, for the family, for love of one another. Um, and here we go. We'll see where it takes us next. And you mentioned Urban Meyer. I know you kind of said in one of his podcasts the other day of Urban Meyer talking about culture. You've talked about E plus R equals O, which is event plus response equals outcome. What are some lessons you guys take away from Urban Meyer and other coaches? And who are some other coaches you guys look up to? I know you mentioned Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, PJ Fleck, but who are some of those coaches in the business that you guys really try to maybe take some stuff from, model some stuff from, and maybe implement into your coaching style? Yeah, um, Urban is probably obviously my favorite. Uh, reading his book, Above the Line, definitely put everything that I've been studying since 2005, 2004, and just the coaching profession um, has significantly helped me. Um, the, the Nick Sabins of the world, I know my my really good friend, uh, we go back and forth, Chris Frederick, we were coaching together at the youth level, and we coached at Vannon together, and, and so we always go back and forth. He's a a giant Nick Saban fan and an Alabama Crimson time. I'm like, you know, yeah. Okay. You can jump on, you know, that train. You weren't an LSU fan, but you're, you know, you're a, a Bama fan. That's, that's easy. Jump on the program. That's always, always winning and in the light, but um, we joke around about that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, I get it. Why wouldn't you want to, you know, be a part of, of understanding the, those kinds of things and those concepts, because I think um, watching those guys do it at a high level. Now Dabo Sweeney, Right, I think Dabo Sweeney is in that conversation of those elite type of relationship builders and getting guys to play uh, for love of brother and, and not for, you know, the show, what you see on TV and the accolades and all those kinds of things. I think that's a significant difference um, between elite performance uh, teams and those just kind of average teams is that that internal love and desire to, to be a better person, a good person. Um, I think TCU is, I see glimpses of that. Um, I've, another program that I've, I've followed, we mirror from an X's and O standpoint, all their defensive schemes. It's just what we, what we've been able to do and be successful. Um, but now Matt Campbell from uh, Iowa state, right. I know that was a tough blow for me to see us lose that game you know, from a Longhorns perspective, but um, PJ Fleck, those guys <clears throat> understand motivation. And that's probably one of the most exciting things I've ever done about in, in my learning when I was in my undergrad stuff was intrinsic motivation and, and extrinsic motivation and how impactful that is to getting not only yourself motivated, but your kids motivated and the people that you work with. As a head coach, you got to motivate not only 
your kids, but you got to motivate your, your coaches, right? And so you have to find different ways. And for us, it's different philosophies um, and different things to read. And, and, and that all ties into the, the culture stuff, but getting them to say, hey, um, how do we how do we do this at a really high level? Not just again for for myself, but how am I motivated to continue to go and and wake up every day? Because there's going to be days where you're not going to want to do it, but you do it anyway. And um, giving those guys, looking at those guys at the top, um, and saying, hey, how as a head coach do I find ways to not only motivate, but this is kind of where I've kind of transformed. I used to just focus on motivation, but motivation will only take you so far. Um, now, how do we transition that into an, an inspiration um, and getting those guys to want to do it every day, um, even when no one's around, no one's watching on a Saturday, getting up and going for my run and going for my workout. And so um, those are some of the coaches that I've I've looked at and I've read and I've kind of modeled. And there's tons and tons of information out there, especially in the social media day and age, right, with the YouTube and, and the good old Google that we didn't have well at least I didn't have back when I was younger um and you just take little little notes and I like that I don't like that um and you find ways to interweave it into your program and into your daily practices um and I have found that from a coaching standpoint when we brought on this mantra of uh you know family before you know family over everything and plus plus two mindset and above the line and what we now always talk about is effort competing and finishing. Um, our coaches were like, wow, I didn't know this is great stuff. I didn't know this type of material was out there. How can I implement it in my life? And so that was, I knew we were winning and I knew that we were doing something special because as a head coach, you do all kinds of different things to try to keep yourself at top, on the top and looking for an edge to start start buying into those kinds of things and everybody's picking up books and everybody's reading and we're, and we're going through these seminars in different ways to, to inspire. I would say that we got something. Everybody's doing it now because it's internal. It's not being forced anymore. And so it was easier for them now to relay a message in practice because they had, they had data, they had something behind it that they believed in and they could take that information apply it to their life and go, okay, this is how I'm going to use my experiences to get this message that maybe Urban Meyer used, you know, when he was at Bowling Green or what he used when he was at uh, Florida or, or Ohio State or whatnot. And then the kids go, wow, I'm learning a lot of different things from Coach Mercado's perspective and his experiences and Coach T and Coach Pat. And that just helped continue to, to foster that, that culture and that belief of this is the right way of doing things. I, I think Coach T and I, man, we 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 got so many similarities, man. Uh, uh, I think I told him that in the group chat one, or uh, DM one day, but um, I'm with him. Um, by the way, I would if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I would love to be on on, on your staff, man. Um, like the mindset. So uh, again, Urban Meyer, I love what he, I love how he produced the coaches that I look up to. Um, Nick Saban, I, I'm I'm more of a fan of his structure. Um, of his disciplinary and uh, kind of way of, of doing things. I'm not that guy. I hold a stand. They, they know not to piss me off, but I rarely get pissed off. Um, but 
Uh, Matt Campbell, of course, um, I agree with Iowa State, um, bringing it uh, Pete Carroll um, in NFL um, at that level. Um, more local, Coach Alonzo Carter for, you know, how he makes feel, kids feel home at home and his recruiting uh, ability and his, you know, his standards are, are, are pretty firm. Um, those type of guys, I, if I'm not that guy, like I said, that disciplinarian guy, I'm not, I'm not going to pound you all day and MF you to death. Um, also, the De La Salle coach that went on, not Allen Ball, but uh, dang, what's his name? I've got, I don't know how I forget, I'm forgetting his name. The one that won all the games. Uh, damn, what's his name? Can y'all help me out? Yeah, Bob Latticer. Latticer, there you go. Boom. That legend, probably the best ever. But um, him, um, I admire those guys be, because of how they set their staffs up. And, and, you know, I'm pretty sure Nick Saban, does, he, he doesn't have a staff full of MFers on his staff. He probably got the, the, the family guys and the ones that hug him and stuff like that. So just the ability of those guys to kind of own that family feel, that energy. Um, all of them have some type of energy to them, man. And um, I'm all for that. I model that type of stuff. Um, playing in college and just seeing college coaches, I know how it can get in a tough day. Um, they can walk right past you and not speak to you. Um, you know, they can, they can downplay you, they can disrespect you and not, you know, not feel any type of way about it. But all of those guys we named, um, you know, outside of Saban, maybe <laughs> he, he'll love you, tough, he'll do tough love, but, um, you know, they'll all kind of come back around and say, hey, man, you know, this is that and that's this. Um, you know, uh, Matt Campbell, he, no matter how high on the chart he is, he'll, he'll always speak to you five in the morning, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, 12 o'clock at night, if he's not asleep, he'll, he'll say hello if you say it first, but, or he'll say it first and, you know, expect you to say it back. Um, those guys, I mean, that, those programs, man, they educated, they educate their kids, man, and just doing studies on them and being part of some of those programs. Um, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Um, that's a second Bible to me. Um, you know, I got my seniors reading it um, chapter by chapter. You know, we, we chop it up. You know, we have a, a chapter review where we'll go through the chapters, see what they learn, see how they feel, how they can apply it. Um, but that, was, that book was brought to me from the Tim Beckman staff, which was – he was under uh, Meyer at, uh, at Ohio State and went to Oklahoma State. Terrible coach, but um, he had the formula. He had the formula on how to get it done, and Campbell was under him, and Candle uh, and Satterfield at, uh, at Louisville was under him. So they took the formula and, and, and ran with it and, and added their extra sauce and made magic. Um, but, yeah, just taking those type of tools, man, and being a leader um, like them, um, they can really get that buy-in easy. Like, those guys get buy-in easy. Um, they're able to build culture easy. Um, just because of their energy and consistency and ability to build those relationships and maintain the most important part is maintain those relationships with, uh, I, I was at the Toledo Nevada game. Um, Kendall was there, Matt, or, um, uh, coach Kendall was there and, uh, said first and last name, we didn't really interact at Toledo. He was doing his offensive receiver deal and I did my DB deal on the other side of the ball. And man, first he seen a glimpse of me across the, you know, about 15, 20 feet away and Joe Bizzle, Joe Bizzle. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know you remembered me. You know what I mean? But those guys give you that feel like, damn, man, I want to donate. <laughs> I want to put some money back in the football program now. Like they give you, they, 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 they want to, they give you that feeling of family. And, 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 you know, we don't, we don't, re of course it, you can win games, right. And you can remember the football stuff, but 
you come back because you remember the, the the brotherhood and the family and that connection. And they, those coaches make you feel that connection um, while on the field and off the field. So those are some of the guys, you know, off the top of my, you know, Lattisher and uh, Coach Carter locally, um, you know, all of the, you know, those guys is, that make you feel that family um, feel initially. And now both of you have had a lot of success too, along with the coaches you mentioned. Uh, at Skyline, you guys won nine games last year. Back off Christian, you won seven after just winning one. Have you guys been able to be so successful at your respective schools? Mm, um, go ahead, Coach. You got it. Um, <clears throat> coming in to just a non-existent, there was a clean slate, right? And a lot of those kids, the majority of the team that are 2022s were freshmen. And I think being real with them right off the back and letting them know that it's not about the now, it's about what's coming in the future. Um, That is difficult to get people to understand, especially in today's culture where we're so used to instantaneous gratification, right? Everything at the touch of a button. I want it now, I can click on a button and boom, I have it. Um, That is hard to get a 15, 16 and 17 year old to do. But what I think helped us was for lack of a better word, getting our butt kicked uh, physically, getting physically dominated um, that, that freshman season because when you strip somebody down, I think this is the psychological standpoint from it. When you lose everything of what you thought was your identity, you can rebuild and reshape everything from the ground up. There's a reason why in the military, when we go to basic training, they shave our heads and they tell us to stand in a line and they tell us how we're going to follow a command and you're going to do it to the point where yeah, you become a robot, but it's significant of them sh- shaving the head and you feeling like, I don't know who I am anymore. And through the the training and the hours and the, the sleep deprivation and all those things that they put you through, um, your hair grows back. And as your hair grows back, for lack of a better words, the new behaviors that they are instituting in you become the norm. And at the end of the six or eight weeks or 12 weeks of your training, you are now not the person that you were. Why? Because they took everything away from you. And so it was kind of the same construct with us into creating that success. We had everything taken from us. We got beat down. We were demoralized from a physical standpoint. And so it's like, okay, you've been punched in the mouth. You've been in a dog fight. What are you going to do now to get yourself out of that? How are you going to respond? And that was significant for me to say, okay, there's an event that happened in our life and there's a response to that. And what, how we decide to respond to it is going to determine the outcome. And so for me, telling the kids in that second season, it sucks getting beat up, right? How are we going to fix it? We got to get bigger, stronger, faster. And we got in the weight room and we retaught how to squat. We retaught how to deadlift. We retaught how to bench. We went over, why is it important to put our toe on the line when we're getting ready for drills? Why is it important to touch the cone and not cut ourselves short? Because 
those that plus two mindset when we ask you to go 10 yards you go 12 that plus two is going to be the difference between you getting your butt whipped and and you whipping you know some rear on yourself and so as we as that starts happening in that sophomore season for us those guys start getting bigger stronger and faster and here we are we go into that first game we open up and and the team uh stone ridge christian who had just physically dominated us the year prior to i mean we put up 14 points but we just had an athlete in the backfield tamani williams that really helped carry us but physically we were dominated we returned the favor and those kids now you know we had four seniors um and and now everybody was a sophomore pretty much we're like wow we're doing it there's some there's been a change and the identity like i gave you that that example the hair started growing back and they started understanding all the work that i put in and the process is now showing itself and i'm gaining a reward from that and so they started believing in themselves and jumping on the hype and we keep telling them this is what you're doing you're building for the future let's go out and continue to build for the future let's not talk about winning the next game let's just go try to go every week to go one and oh everybody i think we got focused as a younger coach i got so focused on we got to win a league we got to win section those are all great goals but at the end of the day like urban meyer talks about it's about being nine strong every unit maximizing their ability to be great for their unit and so that sophomore season uh last year that was a significant change that is what allowed us to create <clears throat> going seven and five because we finally realized the work that I put in is now being translated onto the field and into the classroom. Our grades went up, our GPAs went up. And so we got to that point where, okay, we've, we've built a foundation. What we're doing in the off season is now showing itself. We're learning how to fight. We're learning how to, to not just take a punch, but to give a punch. And so now where do we go next? And so for me, it was bringing in that brotherhood of trust, effort, competing and finishing, teaching each other, teaching the team that what we do and how we do it is going to carry not only just implications now, but into the future. And now we have to start building on leaving, you know, the next stone for the, for the 2023s and 2024s. And that's been our complete focus. And so now we don't talk about winning league. We don't talk about trying to get to section. We don't talk about any of that. All we talk about is family and what legacy are we going to leave to build on from last year. So that way, when these guys graduate in 2022, there's something consistently there. And these guys are buying into it. The, the, the younger guys are jumping in and they understand, man, there's a torch. I and mean, we've only been here one season, but there is a torch that has been lighted and I don't want to be the guy to drop it or to turn off that flame. I got to carry it. And so now you're seeing all those guys say, okay, what now to be elite, we have to do these extra things together as a unit for, for love of brother to take us into the future. And I think that's what's, what's helped us go from one and nine to seven and five to now let's see where we go once we get into the season. Uh, definitely, man. Uh, I think and from our standpoint, um, from where we were at the year before, I've, obviously I was in Florida, but um, I paid good attention, man. They had some talent on that team. They didn't do 
terrible until towards the end. Um, uh, you know, the 94 to nothing to McClymonds, that, that, that tore the, tore it down pretty big time, man. Um, that morale, um, it hit me. Should I, I didn't, I woke up in the morning, you know, it's three hours ahead in Florida. So I, I seen that score and it, it did something to me. Um, so coming into the next year, um, obviously it was just, it, we just tried to build that brotherhood, build the brotherhood. Um, I'm a believer. If you build all of those exterior things, man, wins will come as long as you got decent coaching. Um, Players win games, coaches lose them. Um, that was our mindset as coaches. Like, hey, man, we're not going to be the reason for these kids to take an L. Um, obviously, the games we lost, McClymouth, uh twice, and um, the one game, the NCNL, um, we lost that game um, as coaches. Um, just not, I think the diversity of our plays was it was kind of easy to kind of pick up and wasn't a lot of movement, just kind of line up and go, and they knew it was coming. So um, that was something to learn from going into this year. But, um, yeah, man, it was just the brotherhood building building that trust in one another. Like, I think after that 94 to nine, you get, I mean, even that year, I don't know what was going on, but you know, the trust isn't there, man. Hey, I, I got to run into that, that middle third because my safety left it or my, I feel like that safety's not going to cover that streak from number three coming through the middle. Like, I don't know, just different things like that. So building that brotherhood, building that trust for one another was one. Um, I think that helped us, um, that won us some games against the Sequoias teams. That's usually decent. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, they're not, they're not powered you know, Bay Area power teams, football factories, but, you know, teams that would beat a typical uh, new Arab skyline team pretty bad. Um, but those that that beat them last year, uh, that brotherhood um, effort expectation, um, I think, was um, a big thing for us. Um, we had an expectation of finish through, finish strong, through the line, not to the line. Um, and we practiced that, man. I said, even when you walk in your classroom doors, you, you explode through the door. <laughs> I want to see hips through the door. Like, so we just try to get them mental, man. My coach is like, every time you turn a corner in your house, I want to see you dip and rip. So like just different little stuff like that, man. And we, they got kids sending us videos of them dipping and ripping. They got their little sisters recording them. So, um, just getting that mindset, that, that effort expectation, um, that helped us. And I think two of the other things, man, it was, uh, was discipline. Coming in the league, Oakland is extremely undisciplined, man. I, I, I knew we were going to win games simply because we were more disciplined than, than a lot of the other teams. We literally hard counted a team 50 yards up the field. Um, won't name that team, but we <laughs> we just lined up. Fat, we ran up to the line, and we'll run a wedge or something like that, and then we'll run back up and hard count, and they would jump in like damn uh, jumping jacks or uh, what pops when you put milk in a cereal bowl. But I – I don't know. It's just that helped us a lot, just being disciplined. Um, we practice hard count like we practice, damn, I don't know, going over your ABC. So uh, that helped us a lot. Um, hunger, too, man. These kids are sick of losing. They're sick of getting picked on on social media. They're sick of getting picked on on the field. Um, we had a 10th grade heavy team, man. Um, last year, we were full of – I had kids that were scared to play varsity. Darius Fano was scared to play varsity football last year, believe it or not. Um, and I had to convince him, pull him to the side, walk around the campus with him, like, hey, man, here's the benefits. Um, so we had a bunch of his peers. on. We, I think we got, like, 18 uh, 11th graders this year, which were 10th graders last year, 18. Um, so just kind of getting them to kind of buy in and play hard and understand, like, hey, these guys 
or, you know, they may be older than you, but hey, their mindset is not where yours is at. So um, they were able to have fun after those first couple of games. That Sequoia game really, really boosted their confidence. If we can beat these kids in, in, a, in a nice little area that got a JV with 80 people on it and varsity with, you know, they got all kind of stuff. Um, if we can beat these guys, um, then then we can beat anybody. So um, that helped us, man, just those confident boosters, man, and just um, that brotherhood and that trust and that love and um, that follow-up, that follow-up, the, the end of the game follow-up. Like, hey, we won it, feel good, sleep good tonight, but the mission's still not done, man. You guys we got, still got work to do, and, and let's get better, man. Let's, let's feed off the, the positives and let's build on the negatives, negatives. So that was good, you know. Um, and going to the Silver Bowl was huge for us, man. We hadn't been in 10 years, I think. Um, ain't won it in 15, so um, it's a step. But nine games was good. Um, our schedule was light. We had a couple good teams. I mean, SNL was good. We could have beat them, man. They didn't. They only scored one touchdown on offense. Um, I had teams that was undefeated hit me up like, hey, man, what was your defensive game plan? Them guys ran it up on us and, um, or in the previous years or seen the other games. So um, we did good against them. We just couldn't score. Like I said, our play calling was, was kind of off that game. But, um, yeah, man, we had some good teams. But other than those three, it was kind of light. You know what I mean? So, but we needed the confidence. Our our program needed the confidence. And in a traditional skyline program, recently, man, would lose those games with a light schedule. So, um, you know, the players understood it was a lighter schedule. But at the same time, we've making we've made progress because uh, an old skyline team would have probably lost those games too. So, um, that helped us nine and three. And um, I the talent the talent in our team now. I mean, we've got like eight transfers came in. I ain't, I don't I don't really recruit. I just market. I market my program. We do this. We do that, and they come. Like I don't I don't jump in the inboxes of other kids. I mean, other coaches, schools, and stuff like that. So um, they're coming, man, and they don't give a damn about a, a undefeated team that we play next year or whatever. They want to win. So I think that's what we're missing a lot of. Like some of the traditionally, we would have a scared crew of players on our team when we play certain teams especially in Oakland but um you know now we don't have that man so um it's, it's on like Donkey Kong man we, we we need we need that we need that trophy back um that section trophy and, and we're, we're doing anything to get it back so um that's pretty much our our story of 2019. Sound, sound. I'm gone.